Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and today we are going to discuss the first book in our all around the world book thing. I can't remember if I gave it an official title or not. <laughs> book thing. Books around the world. That's the title I had given it. I'm starting this strong. So we are starting with our first book for books around the world, and the way this works is, except for this first continent. Each continent, we have picked three countries to highlight a book that is either written by an author from there or the book is set at that location, just depending on what we could find that meant the nice Venn diagram of accessible and will interest us. Um, which, let me tell you, at times that Venn diagram was very, very slim overlap. Uh, not because countries don't have great books, but because there are three of us and we have widely different tastes <laughs> also some of those books aren't like in english so you know yeah in english or or not easy to get a copy of so yeah we we, we this will be interesting but we thought this would be a great way to diversify what we've been reading on reading talking about on the podcast and not just doing like white centric american european centric titles and we are including Antarctica in this, which this is our first book as we're starting with Antarctica. Uh, the book we picked is All the White Spaces, which is by Allie Wilkes and was published in 2022 by Simon & Schuster. Allie is a British author who grew up in a series of probably haunted country homes and boarding schools. She lives with an anatomical skeleton and many books on pol polar exploration and is a Bram Stoker nominated author. After the death of her brothers in World War I, Joe decides to fulfill their lifetime dream of adventuring to the Antarctic. She disguises herself as a man, fulfilling his desire to identify as one. As the trek starts to go wrong, Jonathan and everyone on the crew begin seeing the ghosts that haunt their thoughts. So, as always, we're working with our new little book ranking system, and we are starting with the plot. Kim, what did you think of the plot? I liked it. This is oh. this is a style of book I love. I like. Okay. Um, what did she call it? Nature horror. She in her acknowledgments <laughs> or at the end she talks about it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, this is right up my alley. Okay. Sarah, what did you think? I enjoyed it. Um I thought it was interesting. Some of the execution, not so much, but like overall impression was that I did enjoy it. <sighs> I don't really know how much detail to go into because I always forget what other categories we have coming up besides characters. <laughs> I know we don't no have one. We put that with style, but <laughs> I'm not going to yeah, ask yeah. about that one again. Yeah. Okay. So I... I really wanted to like this book. Like in theory, this is very much what I enjoy. I love reading horror. I love like, the, like where the horror is like psychologically based. I even like it when it's this weird, like creature entity. I like historical fiction. Um, I like exploration as well, but I will say this was a little hard to settle into because there was a lot going on. 
like it almost couldn't decide is it horror is it exploration is it world war one trauma like there was so much to it that by the time we finally got to the thing that i was most interested in and looking forward to i i was a little bogged down um and i had a really hard time like caring about characters um i struggled to invest i wanted to i wanted to so bad and it's not a terrible thought like the author is a good writer it just it was a lot and i don't know about you guys if that bothered you at all i just i had a hard time settling on what it was kim is shaking her head no 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 i i thought it was um considering the time frame that the plot was put in you would have to have the 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 war part of it you would have to have um the exploration because of where it's going because that's i mean that's when we were exploring antarctica um so you know it, it yeah no i didn't think it was too much um okay there were a lot of characters but um and they were all over the place but yeah not in a bad way keep track of the characters so well i mean you know a couple like randall tarlington yeah. harry obviously jonathan but jonathan is like the narrator it's first person so you can't really forget about jonathan but then there's like yeah. boyd mccready nicholas nichols um, oh nichols sorry yeah trust me i there was one night that i went to bed and i was just like i don't know why i was rethinking what i had read but i was like who the fuck is that character what is their name it starts with an n could not remember it so i don't know what it is about nichols but i remembered it this time <laughs> and, like i just as they got winnowed down it obviously became easier to remember and but i, I still don't kind of the point was was to winnow them down because it, I, yeah it's like you it don't need more... to know every character closely yeah. when yeah they're all gonna die <laughs> anyway um <laughs> i do wish that there'd been more exploration i was expecting more delving into antarctica and it was more like we crashed, well, not crash, but, you know, the ship exploded before we landed. We sheltered in some huts for a while, and then we turned around and went back. So, <laughs> I obviously, given the scenario, they could not explore. That was just not in the cards. But that was what I was expecting before I read this. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, is I think, because we spent so much time with them sheltering in place... And then there was so much time spent, like, revisiting trauma from World War One, for, like, Harry and Randall and stuff, and Tarlington, that, like, by the time the horror, and I wanted, I wanted to fall into those horror elements so much. I love isolation horror. I, I, I cannot begin to describe how much I love it. Um, and I, it, like, by the time the horror elements came into it, I was just like, well... It's this. I mean, I, I, okay. Um, and I then, like, the reason... it, it was so obvious that Harry started the fire. And it took us so long to get to that point. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it actually um, wasn't obvious to me, but I also didn't care about that plot point. So, like, I ignored any clues that might have pointed to it. I didn't like, well, I understood Harry where he was coming from. Like, I didn't, I found him annoying. Obviously, he should have gotten off at South Georgia. And I was really mad when I found out that he hadn't, that he was still there. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? He doesn't even want to be there. I would probably be like Harry because it's like, 
I would not want to be in that scenario. And then once I was there, I would be miserable. Um, I would not burn down a ship, though. You could not, no dark entity could convince me to burn down the only thing that would get me out of that situation. But he I don't care how mentally compromised intended, I am. He, he intended only to burn a little bit, and it was to try to push Randall into turning around before they got they got frozen in. Yeah, but like, dude, it's so wooden. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It was <laughs> stupid, but but yeah. I mean, his obviously, logic he didn't was want it to burn all the way. Remotely sound. So. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that was my feelings on the plot. Were there any like? primarily plot things that you guys wanted to discuss so plot wise you know as far as it being exploration or not being exploration the in the afterward um the writer says that she didn't want to get into shackleton's exploration of because she's not a historian so um as much as she reads about exploring antarctica and is fascinated with it she did this is not in her opinion a historical fiction it's just straight fiction. And I think that's why you don't get a lot into the exploration because she would have to uh, really get into the actual explorers and what they what they did when we were, they were there. I was there for the exploration. I wanted exploration horror. Oh, you were there? I'm like, <laughs> you've never been to Antarctica. What are you talking about? I mean, it's just a lot of places, but, but not there makes it sound like there will be more exploration so i just yeah, yeah i mean i can understand how people might come to it thinking that they're going to read about exploring delving into antarctica and then being a little disappointed but i can understand why the author didn't go that route but yeah also they like valid, in a but... cursed land she doesn't have to be super historically accurate about this yeah. place that apparently doesn't even really exist like I wasn't there for the historical fiction. The historical fiction was just kind of plopped in my lap and I went, oh, we're doing that. I was, oh, and this is the other thing is there's the trans element. And like, I was like, I was there for the trans exploration horror. I wish we had chose this is that last book when we swapped out of the one that I only read one sentence of. Um, <laughs> Tell me I'm worthless. Yeah, I I wish we had chosen this. I If I had known it was a trans book, we could have just kind of, combined these these two weeks into one um uh, yeah i knew it was a trans book but it was our around the world book so yeah um, i i think this was a very well written trans book i yes liked that portion well, of this we'll shift no, to that in the characters plot well it, i'm talking about the plot of it <laughs> i was okay, gonna lead us into you control you are the all-knowing goddess of what we talk about on this podcast a so. book pile banter yes <laughs> i do all the work <laughs> thank god <laughs> okay okay so plot bright wise blah. sarah what do you rate it um uh... mm, like a seven seven okay kim i'm gonna give it an eight and a half 8.5 it was a little slow at times but i liked it i give it a 6.5 um like i said i i felt like there were just too many elements and not enough of the elements i wanted for the plot 
um, which is biased, but it's your personal opinion, so you're allowed to, you know, I know. give it however many points you want. <laughs> okay, now who are we going to identify as our main characters for this? Obviously, Jonathan. Jonathan. Just Jonathan, or do we want to include Harry or Tarlington in that? I genuinely do not know. Okay, let's do Jonathan, Harry, and Tarlington then. Um, Those are like the three that kind of circle around each other. They're all in the nursery. Um, So they seem like a good... Why was it called the nursery? Did they ever explain that? Because they were the new... Yeah, they were the new new boys. Oh, okay. I I thought it was something (laughs) like that, or like the fact that they were so young, but I couldn't remember if it was ever stated or if that was an actual nautical term for something. I was like, I don't... No. I think it was implied. I I don't think it was ever I don't think it was flat out said, but yeah, it was because they were the babies of the ship. And so okay. yeah. and that's why Tarlington and them got stuck together, even though Tarlington had more of a position on the ship. Yeah. He wasn't just there to do whatever they told him to do. But yeah. um but he was still a baby. So he was yeah. in the nursery too. Baby explorer. Yeah. So Kim, what did you think of the main characters? Are we going to talk about them all at the same time? or However you want to talk about them. I'm leaving it um, open-ended. Okay. Well, I didn't like Harry. Um, <laughs> I don't think you were but, supposed to. Yeah, as I say, we're, I don't think we're really supposed to like Harry. He um, was, you know, he had his unrequited love. And I don't know how much of that unrequited love was more directed at the brothers and then kind of pushed off on to Jonathan um, because that's all that was left. I, I got a distinct impression that he might've actually been gay and um, was in love with the brothers, one or the other of both of them, whichever the case may be, but was. Um, but then he refused to accept Jonathan as like a boy it seemed yeah i know or just know. as a different there's there's the that whole um i hate that which i am aspect of life uh so and go ahead i think i think this is this gray area where you have the brothers in arms and and i think this is the struggle is because you have the brothers in arms and you have childhood friends and so I think Harry was absolutely and utterly devoted to Rufus and Francis. And we're kind of given the impression that Rufus is like kind of a like like you I'm do what bully. he says. Yeah. Um so Wait, what did Kim I, say? A bully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't know how much Harry adored them or just merely idolized them. And then they die and he survives and and he didn't know how to handle that. Um, and then I, th- I think he thought he was expected to eventually end up with Joe, particularly once the brothers had died. Um, but didn't know how to handle who Jonathan was because it, by the end of it, it was very much implied that Rufus never allowed Joe to be Jonathan. Never, never let Joe be part of the boys. And and I think that's, Harry witnessed that and therefore is spent in childhood growing up where John, Joe was not allowed to be one of the boys. Therefore, Harry's continuing 
his childhood friend's beliefs and doesn't want Joe to be Jonathan. So, I don't think it was really love at any point. I think it's just a whole lot of trauma dumping on his part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, go ahead. Sorry, I was I was explaining that. Now, continue talking about your thoughts of the characters, Kim. Um, Jonathan was... I liked how Jonathan was written. I liked um, a throwback to an era where there were a lot of women who were stuck into roles that they didn't want to be in. Um, and was it that they were trans? Was it that they didn't like the feminine role and they wanted, they wanted more autonomy in the world? You know, Jonathan was most definitely trans, wanted to mm -hmm. be male, was male. Um, but it is something that occurred then. There were a lot of women that kind of disguised themselves as men and went off into the world so that they could do things. The, the, this was a, a real thing happening at that time period. And I think it's happened all throughout history. Um, and I, I really liked how that was represented in the book. Um, as far as a character, he progressed. He was painfully naive in the beginning. Um, wanted to shake him. Um, but then uh finally came around and and took took actual control of his own life and um him and tarlington went out together and and fought against the entity whatever it was um tarlington i liked from the beginning even though they were like you know he's 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 a, a dissenter he was a conscientious dissenter and um and so in their eyes, a wuss or whatever, uh, um, scaredy cat. What I can't think of mm -hmm. a good phrase. Um, but a I coward. knew he was a coward. Thank you. I could not make that word come to my head. <laughs> um, but he, he, he wasn't. He never was. He just didn't. He couldn't see himself falling into the role of being the big rah-rah soldier go out and get pleasure out of killing people well and plus he ended up in an encampment for a while right because he that's what they did when people refused that were oh okay okay i wasn't go to war yeah he was he he could go to war but he refused to go because he was a conscientious dissenter um, okay conscientious dissenter is that the right objector word? objector is that the word anyway whatever yeah. it is yeah okay um, okay so they 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 made him go work in um, doing other things. He was put on basically a chain gang um, because he wouldn't like go a labor fight camp. In the war. Yeah, labor yeah. camp because he wouldn't go fight in, in the war. Okay, okay. Sarah, what did you think of these characters? Well, like I said earlier, Harry wasn't wasn't a fan. Understood his perspective to a point, but definitely he had. A lot of issues going on which obviously trauma from the war makes sense um it's not like he was born an asshole or anything he was just fucked up because <sighs> that'll happen um so yeah he stuck around a lot longer than i wanted him to because like i said would have loved to see him just get off at south georgia everything would have been so much better if he had in retrospect 
and started that fucking fire. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess he kind of came through in the end somehow mysteriously. Uh, but yeah, just like giving himself up to the thing, like, I don't know. I don't know if you're supposed to see that as heroic or not, but, um, I think it was his redemption. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's necessarily heroic. I think it's just his redemption. Well, I don't agree with that kind of redemption, but um you know, at least it helped some characters survive. And I honestly was not expecting I was thinking Jonathan might survive, and I wasn't sure about that, and I was kind of expecting everyone else to go. Um, but we'll, I guess we'll probably talk about that more with the ending. Um, so Jonathan, uh yes, like Kim said, very naive very naive i i will admit when i was younger i was also very fascinated by antarctica and i was like oh it'd be so awesome to go there um now as a person that's much more aware of like my mortality i would i would not do that even in today's day and age that is a cold and windy and very isolated place um but i understand like jonathan's draw to it especially with his brothers being so obsessed with going there and wanting to i don't i just the one thing i don't get is like did jonathan honestly think he was going to find his brothers i mean he knew they were dead so i don't know what this obsession was with finding them in antarctica or even hot like so the way i kind of took it is it was his way of bonding with them even though they were dead like look i can do the thing that they never had the chance to do you know because i couldn't i couldn't go to war with them and all that kind of stuff um and i i honestly feel like jonathan was falsely using this idea of bonding with them to actually find himself um i think it was about actually finding that masculinity in him and the only way he could identify masculinity was the fact that his brother's obsessed about exploration it seemed like the most manly thing to jonathan to do and therefore he went to satisfy a connection but he's really just trying to find his masculinity that was my interpretation of it yeah that makes sense makes sense um but yeah i mean it was good to see him grow and yes stop being quite so naive uh I did still get frustrated at times because the way it's written, you can tell when the character's being influenced by the dark thing, this entity. Yeah. And so it's just, and then they're like aware of it, but they continue to fall for the very obvious manipulations that I just, especially Jonathan, like, don't go outside. Don't wander off. Two pages later, Jonathan hears a voice outside and decides to investigate. Like, dude, what are you doing? This has happened to you already once before. Have you not learned your lesson? Um, so I did get frustrated with him. Uh, yeah, I kind of wish continued. he wasn't in first person for that reason. Mm -hmm. Or like, or just, I assume again that we will discuss like the style or the yeah execution. How do, yeah isn't there one yeah. that's like mechanics? That's the word mechanics. For. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was a little bit, it just, I feel like it kind of detracted from his character growth because he kept doing these repetitious mistakes to 
kind of play into the horror aspect of the book more. So I feel like that kind of hurt his character a little bit. Um, but overall, I did like him. I found him to be like a very interesting and relatable character in many ways. Um, and like, yeah, I, it's not like I wanted to see him die or anything. I was definitely rooting for his survival, which is always good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Tarlington, like, Tarlington was pretty much my favorite the minute he showed up. I didn't want him to be because, again, I expected all the secondary characters to probably die. So I was trying not to get attached to him. Was it because he was a redhead? Redhead, tall, lanky, kind of sarcastic. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can picture the actor that would play him. So, and, and we both know, we all three know who that is. So, because, yeah, that, that actor would be perfect in. Which actor? What's, I, I can't say his name properly. Don't the Irish Gleason? actor. Yeah. He would be. General Hux. I know. I was like, oh, oh General Hux. Okay. Perfect is that character. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. a little bit too old, but, you know, that's fine. Actors play younger characters all the time. Yeah, well, and he looks young because he's Irish, so he look young. <laughs> yeah, so I loved him. That's You do have a weakness great. for redheaded characters. Especially if they're snarky, sarcastic, or snooty. Um, and so... he's all three. Yeah. So all redheaded characters. <laughs> and he was Randall's bastard son, which always gets points to that secret child element. Um, although it was kind of an obvious secret that for some yeah. reason took a long time for people to clue in on. But um <sighs> yeah. Yep. That was my character. <laughs> I too really liked Tarlington. He was probably my favorite character of it. Um I felt bad for Harry. I didn't hate him. I didn't love him. Um, I was glad he got the redemption at the very end. I saw it coming. I saw it coming from a mile away. Like he left and I was like, oh, this is not the last of Harry. I'm like, it if should you be. If don't see their body, like, they're probably going to come back. Yeah, it was like, plausibility wise, it should be. But he's going to come back. And he did. And I was like, oh, called it. <laughs> um. So yeah, you know, that was my feelings on Harry. And then I could have been a little less in Jonathan's head. Um, I didn't like or hate Jonathan. I just could have been a little less in Jonathan's head. But I did like the trans rep in terms of when it comes to Jonathan and the way that Jonathan handled it. Particularly because it was just euphoria in finding himself and not a whole lot of like, I must rely on, you know, I, I have to be dysphoric in order to be euphor euphoric. Did I say those right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I um, so I liked the fact that we kind of went from neutral to euphoric as opposed to having to go the full spectrum. Um, so yeah. Sorry, I suddenly started feeling really queasy. <laughs> okay. So, um, Kim, what is your rating for character, the main characters? Um, I'll go seven. Okay. Sarah? Um, see, it's difficult when there's a character I don't particularly like. But, <laughs> oh. I mean, I think that they were 
even though I didn't like Harry too much, I understood him. And I think they were all reasonably well written. So I guess it shouldn't really be a matter of who I liked versus who I didn't like, but just how the the author wrote them. Uh, I did like Tar Tarlington. And Jonathan was pretty all right. Eight and a half. Okay. And I give it, I give it about a six, a little over neutral. Okay, so then the secondary characters is everybody else. Uh, Sarah, anything stand out for you in terms of secondary characters? Uh, I mean, like, I like Nichols for the most part. Um, well, I mean, I, like, I say for the most part, but there wasn't a point at which I never found him, or that I, I never found him objectionable. I never had okay. an issue with him. Uh... I don't, I kept getting Clark and Boyd mixed up, so I honestly, one of them I liked, or maybe both of them I liked at one point, although I think Boyd was one of the ones that went really crazy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, Clark was the one that had lost his hands and er, fingers mm -hmm. in an earlier expedition, right? Okay, so I yes. think he was the one that I liked. Um, <laughs> Boyd, probably not as much. And I just kept getting them confused because, I mean, we don't get a lot of differentiating details for these characters because you don't really need them, technically. Uh, I will I say when I, when I switched to the audiobook, because I really was struggling to focus on it because I was on my phone reading it from the library. Uh, when I switched to the audiobook, one, it was a male narrator. I liked that. Um considering it's Jonathan who narrates mm -hmm. and then they actually had different accents for the different characters oh. um because time was spent on identifying their nationality so that made it a little bit easier to differentiate but yeah in in reading it they all started to blur together for me I was like this is a person doing a thing and they are achieving a purpose but I don't know if I'm supposed to care about them um yeah anyways go ahead <laughs> um Randall he seemed cool but also like I don't really know. I guess the fact that he'd already successfully been on two expeditions and had no losses, that's why everyone seemed to just follow him very easily and trust in him very easily. But it didn't really feel like he would had a whole grasp or control of the situation very early on. Like, not even... I don't know. It just seemed like he was very confident when he should not have been. And so... I just, I don't know. I had my doubts about him. Um, but I did like him as a character. I liked that he tried to take care of all of his men. He tried to be, uh, I don't know what Amberly's looking at, but she looks so startled. Uh, yeah, the library I worked at is closed until further notice. Oh. Due to an emergency plumbing error. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. So bear with me just a second. My anxiety just went through the roof. Okay. What were we talking about? I apologize. <laughs> I was talking about Randall at the time. Um, okay. Okay. I like that he was kind of portrayed as this big, strong, scary guy too, but then he actually was like, like there was, there was never any chance that he was going to like 
eat anyone, especially the spare, you know, if they ran into trouble. He wanted to help rescue the Germans who had been missing for two years. And it seems pretty damn unlikely that they would be alive. So like, yeah. he he seemed, again, absurdly optimistic, but like unagreeable dude to be around, I suppose. Um, so I, I do have a comment to that because while it does seem absurd, I believe there is uh, a group who crashed uh in the australia near the australia area of antarctica now they weren't fully on antarctica but like they got trapped on an island in the polar area and they were found two to three years later and they had survived um so that has happened on occasion i can't remember the exact expedition name i just know of it because i was like oh fun fact amberly finds weird expeditions historical things documentaries of unexpected expedition unknown style things um very fascinating and very soothing (laughs) so i regularly watch those things in order to calm down um so yeah that has happened and i think that was supposed to be kind of like a subtle nod towards that i think i guess but like the condition they found the huts in like the oven had been left on when they when the germans left which was kind of weird or that had been running so long that it had distended the oven so that's obviously abnormal. I think they left their boots behind and possibly some of their coats. So again, if they didn't show up in the first day or two, it, it just, you know, doesn't seem likely. But, you know, whatever. I guess it's possible. Uh, other than Randall, Clark, Nichols, there were some other people who were really susceptible to paranoia. My God. Like, they were going crazy before there was any reason to do so. And then there were other people who were perfectly sane and then suddenly batshit crazy. Presumably from the dark entity, but really it just felt abrupt. Um, And would we count the dark entity as a secondary character? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I guess it did talk. Yeah, uh, since we don't know, I guess, uh, I do like that we never found out really what it was. was. I like it when they maintain the mystery of these kind of things. It's Mm -hmm. it's always underwhelming when they try to actually explain it or give it like an actual appearance. Yeah, Um, make it solid, make it real. Yeah. Yeah, I do like... When they have like psychological horror like this or isolation horror where there's something mysterious, the more mysterious it stays, the better. The better, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much all I can think of to talk about for secondary characters. Kim, any thoughts to add on to that? So I had the exact opposite. I remembered Clark, but I didn't remember Nichols. He Nichols never really stood Nichols out almost me. fell to his death. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> which is mainly what i remember but i also remember him talking with jonathan and like being a more friendly and like welcoming but see i i got the same impression from clark only clark had uh he he had to cover for randolph's shortcomings um he was completely devoted to supporting randolph but 
clearly Randolph wasn't in his prime by the time this expedition wasn't going was going on. And um, so I didn't like Randolph at all. I thought he was a pompous blowhard um, and and bullying to to make everyone behave. Um, I think there's better ways to be a leader. Uh, probably time appropriate, but that doesn't make it an enjoyable character. Um, I found the the guys Amberly. What? What are you doing? <laughs> your eyes are like this big around, and you did all of a sudden went plop yes. onto your microphone, like like the end of the world had just occurred, and nobody. Told uh, no, me. I'm sorry. I'm 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 I'm. My anxiety has hit its high, and I am checking out a little bit, and I apologize for that. Um, and so I just popped my face on my microphone. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was listening. Anyway, I just couldn't do more processing. Yeah. The secondary characters that I found weird were the, and I don't, I can't remember what they were called, but the ones that that scooped the coal and ended up in the in oh the, the Stokers. Yeah, the Stokers. Those characters were weird. I don't know what was happening in that little room. I don't know why they were allowed to, to lock themselves into a little room, um, and then be. Was weird this on the ship or? Yeah, it was on the ship. Well, it was on the ship, and then in the cabin, they had a a, a room, and then oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the dissenters that then in there or something. I I don't know what was going. <gasps> oh on no, no, no! You're talking about the one guy who was dead but wasn't actually dead. And they were hearing the coughing, and they don't know if they were hearing the coughing because he was alive, or if they were hearing the coffee cause, coughing because the entity was pretending was to be him. Scraping and things all over the walls and stuff. It was I I don't know yeah. what happened in that scene. That scene was weird. Um, yeah, I didn't know I those, those were the Stokers. Those were just again. Other characters. Yeah, I couldn't remember who did what. They were and... the Stokers. They were. They. I, I thought they had like they were perished a long time ago. No, they were isolationists on the ship, and then they were isolationists in the cabin. They they wanted oh. to just be their little. They remind me of little gremlins. Um, yeah, one of them was sick and and died, and then Jonathan he thought he would cure him because um Randolph shoved his head in the water because he was he was arguing with him, um arguing with Randolph. But yeah, so then they discovered that the entity might have been in the building the entire time, yeah, pretending to be him in, in in the room with them, yeah, yeah. So and and then as far as the entity, I'm with Sarah. I I I liked it. I liked the fact that we never really got it, um, fully there. I, I it never did its big long evil mustache twirling. This is why I'm doing this speech. It, it was just always just just come with me, just come with me, come back, come back, and um. And there's the white spot on the on the map, and we don't know what's there. So I like that. Anyway, let's get Amberly talking so that she'll check back into this because she still looks no, like no. I'm listening. Really I'm listening. I yeah. I'm I. I'm panicking. I can't help it. I it yeah. You know. I don't know. And don't worry about it. So just breathe. It's no big deal. Okay. So my thoughts is. I spent the first half of the book not interested in any of the secondary characters. Um, like, they were there. They were doing things. I wasn't sure who was going to be fodder and who wasn't initially. Um, then I liked Nichols and Tarlington having a relationship. Although jo Jonathan clearly had an attraction to Tarlington. And so I felt bad for Jonathan for that. Um, and then 
Randall, like, yeah, he kind of, like, checked out and became crazy so quickly on that it was hard to, like, invest in him. I think my investment level was just on knowing that he was probably related to Tarlington. Um, As for the entities, I was a little disappointed. I can't remember the book, but I have read a book that used this kind of natural entity luring people in this case i think it was in the woods um never identified kind of thing in another book that did it a little bit better they kept them a little bit more active and like a bigger threat than this one was um which sounds weird because like how can you be more threatening than you know luring people into an icy death but it still was a, a little bit more active and so I was always expecting a little bit more from these entities and I kind of didn't want them to escape at the end. I wanted them to succumb. I think in this other book, they do succumb to them Um, or they end up, you know, what it is is they end up going back. They get lured back. They couldn't like, wow, that would be really frustrating to read a book like that. Not as frustrating as some other books you've made me read. Um, it's just like if you spend the entire book trying to escape from it and then the end is just going back to it, like falling into its lure. I can understand someone writing that and some people enjoying that. But for me, it's like, what was the point? Oh, see, that's an excellent horror element that I like. Um, So like that was what. Which is what I expected here with this book was yeah. for if anyone like again, maybe Jonathan would survive. But in that scenario, if Jonathan is still trapped in Antarctica by himself. He is not going to survive for long. So, again, there was, reading this book, again, I kind of just tried to keep myself separate from the characters and not care about them, which also kind of detracts from the experience um, in a way. But uh, whatever. Go back to what you're talking about. But yeah, I just, like, like, I had seen that element executed so well that this one didn't feel quite as strong. Um, And, like, I, I did like the possibility of... You know, we we know people go to Antarctica, go exploring, and they keep doing it. It's like this weird, like, it's this weird drive. And I thought it had been kind of cool if we got to the end of this. And, like, Jonathan felt this tug back. That, you know, that, that weird need that some people have to kind of put their lives at risk like that. Um, and kind of leave it ambiguous as to whether or not he might go back. As opposed to... I can't even remember how it like he talked about going and seeing his brother's graves in France. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed to that, so um, I think that's all I have to say for secondary characters. So Sarah, what is your rating? Like a six. Okay. Kim, I'm gonna give him an eight. Okay. Hi. I give him a seven. Okay. Now I'm questioning my number. (laughs) Okay. So I'll say that the difference, I liked the fact that I couldn't pick out from the beginning, which ones were going to go and which ones weren't. I did suspect Clark was going to survive early on, but I liked the fact that it was up in the air and that we did have so many secondary characters and we didn't know which ones of them were going to go. I can usually... Yeah, that out pretty easily in a book, and this this did not project like that at all. It, and it, it felt very up in the air, and I liked that. 
and I bumped my number up a little bit just because when the characters were supposed to kind of like have their highlight moment and you were supposed to have a bit of emotion for them, I did experience emotional reaction in those moments. Um, I just wished it like, it wasn't like, let me set them on the shelf for the display right now and then they're gone. Um, I kind of wish it was better established throughout who... Yeah, I, thought, I thought it was done pretty well. They A lot of them they're... ended up in a lot of scenes and that's hard to write. To have that yeah. many characters and, and to get them in and out of scenes, that, it's, it's pretty... I thought it was well executed. Okay. So now, plausibility. And I kind of want to I don't often want to start out, but I, you know, this one, <laughs> this is the scenario that I had the most feelings on. And I don't know how plausible I found a lot of this. Uh, I don't know how plausible it was that no one ever discovered Jonathan's biological appearance until Jonathan started telling, like, Tarlington. Uh, I can't imagine being in that close vicinity and, oh, if I just volunteer for bathroom duty more often, they won't catch on as to why I'm using the restroom so much. Um, you know, there's also a particular, I know in certain scenarios, your period goes away, like, due to high stress and all that kind of stuff. But I was still like, this still doesn't seem plausible. Um, and, like, some of the situations where they were outside and they didn't have their gloves and stuff and all that kind of jazz or just little weird one-offs. I was like, how are you still functioning? <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I don't know how plausible I found this book at times. So, I don't know. What did you guys think? As far as Jonathan being able to hide themselves, um, I think this character was a slow to manifest in either gender. Mm -hmm. um, and I can say, so it, uh, on a personal level, I started my period very young. My sister didn't start her period until she was 19. So it could just God, she's be. She's so lucky. Yeah, I know, I know. Isn't it enough to make you just want to smack her? Um, so I think this character was just slow to develop. And um, and we're lucky in that way as far as they got to stave off a little bit the dysmorphia that, that they would have been feeling had they developed a little bit younger um, and been forced into being more of a feminine character um, with the, those manifestations and then to be able to then go into a starvation mode which they they were she was in hiding he was in hiding the entire time um and so food was when it was brought in yeah that sort of situation so i i that to me came across as plausible um okay again i've known people that that develop much later um I, I really I think for me it's the proximity in the hut and no one ever like I don't know it just they came I, up with ways a, to and, and, and they never really like work. stripped down or anything because they couldn't yeah. no so cold. I I know like I said I I just I wasn't and sure they weren't really bathing and they weren't you know um 
Yeah, yeah, I I think it was to me it was plausible. It that didn't bother me. I did go, okay, really their hands should be freezing instantly. Um but it wasn't ignored completely. It was just and it was acknowledged when it was done. Um that you know the 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 gloves had to get back on as quickly as possible. But there are just some things you can't do with gloves on. And so you got to, you know, do you not do it and not solve your problem or do you do it and risk the damage? I think anybody, particularly in that time frame, because they're not going with modern stuff at all. Um, I think anybody's accepting the risk and they're accepting yeah. the damage. They're accepting that they're probably going to look horrible. They're accepting that they're losing fingers. They're accepting that they're losing toes, portions of their feet. They they expect it. So, um, yeah, I think they would be taking off their gloves and 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 doing what they had to yeah, do in order. Yeah, like to I survive. said, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I um, mean, there were times where it was like, Jonathan couldn't feel his feet, and he hadn't felt his feet in a long time, but then, apparently, he was just fine, because in, in later scenes, he was, you know, still walking around and stuff. It's like, how long can you go with, like, completely numb feet before you actually do accumulate frostbite damage? Um, so, so my point is they didn't address at the end of the book what damage was done. Yeah. But the damage exists. So whether, you know, we get into the nitty gritties of Jonathan only has part of their feet and only has um, maybe most of their nose, if you know, not having lost. Because that's that's usually one of the first things that goes. Um, yeah. Get frostbite in the nose. Um it's harder to keep the nose warm than it is any other because you, you've got to be able to see at some point and, and you've got to be able to breathe through what you're, you've got on your face and, and other such things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the damage is there. And I think it actually is going to play into Jonathan's future because they'll have done this and they can just slide into staying male and no one will look at them twice because they'll have a more rugged appearance because of the yeah. damage done while they were there and he'll have this expedition experience too so yep. like yep. <laughs> he's going to be an adventurer for the rest of his life which is what he wants to do so he probably just does he though i mean i think he does i think i think him and tarlington um walk off into the sunset <laughs> exploring hobble off into the sunset yeah, maybe hobble off holding hands <laughs> do their thing Okay, so anything else about plausibility you guys want to discuss? Uh, or anything you wanted to add, Sarah, because we really hadn't asked you yet. I know. Just skip Sorry. me, but my opinion has never mattered, has it? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, the one thing that I got hung up on, because I always get hung up on this, these situations, uh, in the beginning, Jonathan's hiding in the locker for a while. How did he pee? Like, did Harry bring him a bucket? He pees in the bucket, and then Harry just takes the bucket out and dumps it over the side, and no one asks questions? Probably. It's, like, anytime a character is confined or bedridden for several days, it's like, are they just pissing themselves and no one's commenting on it? It's just, authors just don't like to talk about it, but bodily functions continue. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, so that's where I was like, okay, this doesn't seem plausible. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, I just, I don't know how plausible it is for people in that scenario where they had to evacuate the ship in a hurry, um, had to trek through so much snow. It's so cold, even if it wasn't winter, it's so cold and windy down there that I just. They magically find the German installation just in time you know it, it yeah. well yeah. randall apparently knew where it was but still it's like yeah they did magically end up close enough to it that they could walk there with their team of dogs um i think that magically falls into the entity's magic so yeah i, I know it's just still to, yeah harry seemed to imply too by the end he said something about like a crumpled map you could just kind of go places in this white space which is how he moved around so much to like see the ship and the tents and stuff. So it's like, yeah, I don't really know how distance works in this place. Um, but it did seem kind of lucky that they were able to survive so, as long as they did. I don't know how much the crumpled map was to like explain that or if it was supposed to show us that Harry was now an entity, but he was fighting being an entity. That could be. Yeah, I don't know. So I his... just got the sense that the entities were more illusion than physical, except when one of them tackled Jonathan. And also, I don't really know that there were multiple, or if it was just one that could like be in multiple places Projected at them. once. Yeah. Like, yeah. it could have been more like a... I know, but that, that's kind of... ...that lives underground and has its little things that... When that moment happened... Yeah. When that moment happened, I was like, oh, I think Harry has already succumbed, but like, is resisting being folded in yeah i got the sense that like the entity was playing with him like it he should have died maybe but maybe it was sheltering him from that because it was kind of just playing around like a cat with a mouse just yeah drawing it out um because yeah. i mean like we didn't see the germans ever but it, yeah. it presumably consumed them but it never appeared as them it was always just appearing yeah. as people's ghosts uh that they knew um so i it didn't feel completely implausible but it definitely felt like a stretch on a lot of things obviously sorry there's somebody at the door oh are you gonna get it or no no no, no, no. there's Rowan, others in the house you Rowan can get it barking he's in the room. Oh, we can't hear it really okay well he yeah. only barked once there he goes <laughs> yeah and i don't know how plausible it is that there's a dark evil entity just squatting in the Antarctic. Um, so my question is, how did the dark evil entity end up there? Um, if it was if always there. These were like, right, but why? 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 It's a primordial being, some manifestation. Okay. Of... okay. You'd think the primordial being would, you know, manifest themselves into a different location so that they would actually have more victims available to them rather than staying in the waste of the... Uh, um, well, maybe that's why Antarctica is a wasteland because that thing is stuck there, and it just. Be. Hey, Ronan, come here. <laughs> I oh, like well. that it was kind of um, not that this is in any way relevant to the plausibility, but I did like that it was in a way connected with the Aurora. Like, yeah. It gave the Aurora very sinister. Aurora... Yeah, I want to know if it actually does that snapping and crackling. If you're yeah, I was like, I wonder. Ronan, I do not know. Ronan. Anything that's, else on plausibility? I got to say, I think. Okay, what's your rating, Sarah? Uh, I mean, like, I, 
I'd give it a seven as a person who's not well versed in Antarctica or evil entities. Okay. <laughs> Kim? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'll go with... I'll go with seven and a half. I mean, it's not meant to be plausible. We're talking about evil entities in the middle of Antarctica. Um, I I think the the stuff of that the actual physical stuff that was going on the in the Antarctica in in Antarctica, not the Antarctica. Um, I think it was probably very plausible. The writer's done a lot of research, um, so I I think that anything that the writer wrote, um, they garnered that information from elsewhere so that that didn't bother me at all i give it a five mostly because i'm just like i question it but i'm pretty neutral on it and nothing ever like really stood out as unplausible but i did have questions so i and and i i don't i guess it more came down to the at times i wasn't sure how well the author thought through the execution of moments whether it kind of the way that fantasy authors sometimes kind of decide they want to have a particular moment and so they write that moment and then they kind of like shift things toward that moment without thinking about like the follow through with it um so i think that's where the possibility kind of wavers for me is the the follow through okay then we have the ending kim what were your feelings on the ending i i kind of liked the big the the big confrontation at the end um rather than the actual ending ending the ending itself was kind of anticlimactic it was a denouement it 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 fulfilled what it was supposed to do um you know they were rescued they went off you know into the sunset whatever um but i mean were they rescued though they only see a dark thing on the horizon yeah that's probably a um, ship but we're we're supposed to surmise from that that I think that they got they got yeah I mean if you want to go that route they didn't it didn't get a proper denouement because it didn't tell us what the you know the future held but um like I said I think they're holding hands walking off into the sunset going off on their next next adventure that isn't going to involve snow and Clark's um, just like I'm gonna retire you know, just, just... yeah Clark's like I'm done I've lost two he's like years. I'm gonna live off this story for the rest of my life. <laughs> my life <laughs> my life <laughs> but yeah <laughs> um so I, I liked i liked the big battle i liked that jonathan didn't try to go off and do it by himself i'm i was i was glad when it was him and tarlington i'm glad well, he, he did tr- yeah he did try to do it by himself just tarlington caught him <laughs> oh did he i thought they planned it no he got he snuck out because he wanted to wait till clark was asleep but tarlington was pretending to fall asleep because he just immediately got up as soon as Jonathan started getting oh, up. Okay, I thought I thought. And so then the the two of them were doing it, and then Clark like came bulldozing in, like, "What the fuck, guys? I'm the experienced one here." He's like, "You tell him, Clark." Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty stupid the one that not to take the one person. I'm glad they didn't, but I thought it was pretty yeah. stupid not to take the one that wasn't succumbing to this thing at all because he just didn't believe. Just flat yeah. out, I don't believe in this. It's not there. You guys are insane. It's that. Well, what I love is they're like, okay, but are you seeing this? And he's like, yeah, but it's the Antarctic. Like you see things here. Don't, (laughs) don't take it at face value. (laughs) And I'm 
like, yep. this dude has totally fucking come across these entities before and is just taking an atheist mindset of, it's not there. Yep. I don't believe this. It does not affect me. And that is why he's surviving. And I loved it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it wasn't even a, I believe in God and God is going to save me from this. It was just a, no, nope. if I don't acknowledge it, it's, it, it. Yep. That's why I liked Clark. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you think of the ending, Sarah? Um, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised that, again, not everyone died. Because I got strong, like, you know, I reading this, you get kind of vibes from the thing, the movie. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of expecting an end. The thing? The movie The Thing? Yes. Is that not okay. the one in the Antarctica? I don't know. Pretty sure it is, but I'll double check right I'm now. This moment. <laughs> have, have you seen that movie? Yeah, The Thing. It's the one in Antarctica. Oh, okay. I, sorry, I was trying to pause us because... 2011? 1982. I haven't seen the 2011 one. Okay, okay. Sorry, the way you had said that, you said the thing, the movie, and I didn't realize oh, that you were saying the movie, the thing. The thing. Okay. Yes. Capital, I, the, I, capital thing. I thought you were searching for a thing and then you were saying the movie. And I'm no, like, no, no, what sorry, movie sorry. are we referring to? Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, go you ahead. Guys, have you seen that one? Are you familiar with it? I, I don't have. think so. I'm looking at it. I don't remember it, but I have seen it. It's like an alien creature or just a creature can yeah. either steal or copy people's bodies and then just slowly destroy it, like kills them one by one. Um, yeah, I think I have. I can't remember. And it basically have, ends but I in think a standoff. I, I think the Antarctic shelter has been destroyed. It's on fire or something. So there's no yes, way I have out. seen this. You want me to read the storyline? No, no, no. Yeah. I've seen it. Okay. But yeah, it ends in a standoff between the main character and the thing. You don't know how it's going to end, although obviously there's no surviving for whether the thing kills him or just the elements. You know, it's a bleak ending, basically. Yeah. Um. So that's what I was expecting from this, and it did not go that route, so I was relieved. And obviously I was relieved that Tarlington survived because like, not even the entity. I was just worried that one of the crewmates was going to kill him because they really wanted to. They really wanted to. Um, they did. And the final confrontation between the thing and Tarlington and Jonathan, I mean, I don't know. It, it, I, I don't know how to really articulate my thoughts on it, obviously, but... <laughs> In a way, to me, it felt almost kind of hokey. Like, they're going to go out there with guns and, like, shoot at this thing that can't be shot. Um, so it just felt like two people who were very frustrated going to outside to yell at the wind, basically. <laughs> um, and so, and I just feel like a lot of what Jonathan was saying to Rufus, Francis, whichever one uh, that was... Rufus. Did it change? Or it was did. It Rufus? Okay, it I'm was like, Rufus, but then, like, it, when it wasn't getting the response it wanted, it changed to Francis because it sensed that Jonathan had more sympathy towards Francis than Rufus. Yeah, because um, obviously the better brother, but um, yeah, 
<laughs> so it, it did yeah. try to ta- change tactics. Okay. But yeah, like when Jonathan was facing off against them, I just felt like Jonathan was already saying or realizing things that he had already like realized or came to terms with earlier in the story. So I was like, why are we going through this again? Like, did we not already have this major moment? So we're just repeating ourselves. Who knows what's happening with Tarlington? Because that was off screen. Um, yeah. It it felt kind of awkward. Although we did see more of the entity, we saw that it had some sort of physical crushing cold presence when it jumped on Jonathan. But yeah, I had mixed feelings about that because I honestly was like, how did they win that? Like, if it like they shot it and then it just disappeared, but it couldn't be killed. So yeah, I was also really worried. Not gonna lie that after that happened that Clark was gonna come out and they were either gonna shoot Clark thinking Clark was the entity or Clark was gonna shoot them thinking they were the entity. But again uh, no. the entity doesn't exist that. in Clark's mind. He was never gonna shoot yeah, them. That is true. That that's <laughs> true. I so I, uh, forgot that. I found the ending to be anticlimactic. It like I don't know. There we by the ending we are finally like fully immersed in like the horror aspect of all of this. But it is like a guns blazing kind of thing, but not in like a traditional like horror way of doing it. You know, they haven't identified the entity and now know how to, you know, truly stop it. Um but they had, you know, addressed the fact that if you just ignore it and treat it like it isn't your loved ones then it becomes a little bit weaker but that wasn't how they then stopped it and so it just it it didn't feel like it was the by then i know but it it didn't feel like the way that they went after the entity was a reason like honestly it felt like they had gone snow crazy um and so, I don't know, I just, I was not a huge fan of the ending. I was like, I was reading it, I'm like, okay, well, that's an ending. Um, I don't know that it's a satisfying ending. It wasn't a yeah, terrifying like ending. I kind of wanted some sort of, like, big moment, but... Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like, I, I, I almost would have loved, like, a slow chase until they see, you know, instead of actually making it back to their ship, actually seeing another ship. Um... In that like weird slow chase where then they you question whether or not they're bringing the entity back with them you know that 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 kind of moment where jonathan then you know almost like uh the end of mexican gothic where it's like okay you've escaped but like did you truly escape on your own is this actually clark or could clark be the entity you know because they, they disappeared or could tarlington be the entity like i would have loved that like kind of weird like horror unresolved but it's unresolved for the reader not because the character actually feels unresolved and this just it didn't it didn't serve me what i wanted um so yeah i was not a huge fan of the ending so ratings kim what do you rate the ending um i'm gonna give it a seven a seven okay sarah eight eight okay i give it a four (laughs) so then mechanics 
which I feel like we've kind of been touching on it because I feel like in this case, the mechanics kind of determine what we liked or disliked about the other elements. Am I wrong? Kind of. I mean, no, not that you're kind of wrong, but I mean, like, <laughs> I... <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, kind no, of. Kind of. I agree. Uh, who's going to talk first? You. Well. Oh. Or is it Amber? Nope, it's you. Go ahead, Sarah. No, no. Everyone's <laughs> looking so expectant. <laughs> so for me, um, I feel like it was well written and I feel like it was pretty well plotted. And I feel like the story, you know, followed that route fairly well. But there were times where it got repetitive, where characters made the same mistakes, even after acknowledging that what they were doing was a mistake, they then continued to do it. For some reason, they kept leaving the fucking hut. They couldn't leave, like, people, like, herding cats. Like, every time they got someone to stay in, some other motherfucker was going out the door to try and get <laughs> killed. Like... I was just so frustrated at one point. I was like, why can't you just keep them inside? Like, why? And then they would just fight each other for no, well, not no reason. We know why, but it it felt very sudden. So there was a certain repetitiveness to this plot that the author did, kind of probably to draw things out that did wear thin for me. Um, but bigger issue I had with this was just the way that how to dis how to explain um like how we're doing the unreliable narrator sort of thing or how the entity mm -hmm. affects Jonathan mm -hmm. um again the author writes it in a way that you see exactly when the, the entity is influencing him and I wish she didn't do that. I wish she left that very vague. Like, you have a scene where Jonathan runs out in the snow because he hears a voice. And so it talks about him going out into the snow, hearing this seductive voice, or this voice that sounds almost familiar, but not quite. And then he wants to get hit. He wants to use his gun. So he takes off his glove and he holds the gun. He also takes off his hat or something. It's acknowledged. Then the spell breaks. He realizes he's out in the snow. He realizes that he took his glove off, but he has no memory of taking his glove off. And I wish that the way she wrote it was more vague about him getting to that point. Like, he hears a voice, he goes into the snow, then he snaps out of it, then he realizes he's, he's holding a gun with, like, his bare hand. He doesn't know how he got there. We don't know how he got there because she didn't write it. Um, and then it just would make it more, I don't know, mysterious to me. Or, like, mm -hmm. the scene with the shutters, where she explicitly talks about how he opens up all the shutters to look at the people like i wish instead she just kind of cut to where he was off in the snow he comes back he finds all the shutters open in the area he was patrolling with no memory of how they got open but maybe he vaguely remembers looking into the shutter or into the windows so he suspects it was probably him but he doesn't know for sure he doesn't yeah. know we don't know it would have just made it more again more unreliable would increase the horror yeah yeah and it would have made it more questionable as to what was actually going on so that is one of the things that i felt like she was just the author was too explicit in what was going on um for it to really have the right horror or like mysterious effect 
Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but I, I agree. I think that would have been a better way to write it. I think that the writer was probably trying to delve into the effects of being in that type of environment a little too much instead of using, like you said, going on to address those impacts. So I, I think your version would have been better. Um, but I also would have liked it better had uh, it not been first person. So, but yeah, we all know I hate first person. So, I mean, it wasn't as bad as a lot of first person books that we've read, but yes, I agree with it's that. It's like but... always, anytime there's a first person book, it's like, you know, this would have been better as third person. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, yeah, you I mean you guys have said everything I've been thinking. So, um, and I'm I'm still waffling between stressed and not stressed. It's manic over in my head. Uh, so, Sarah, what is your rating? Uh, like a six point five. Okay. I feel like that's harsh, but also it was the thing I noticed the most when reading the book. So. Him. I'm gonna go with a 6.5 also I agreed with everything Sarah said so since Sarah gave it that rating that's what I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna give it a 5 really the horror execution just was that not there for you no not as strong as I wanted it to be um I do need to pause real quick all right okay Okay, so we do kind of need to shift through these next few ones because we've been doing this for about an hour and a half now. Um, so our next one is predictability. Is there any key things about predictability you guys wanted to discuss? I just felt it wasn't as overly predictable as most books are. I agree. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I found predictable was that Tarlington was randall's son because it seemed like that was pointed to often um but i was predicting a much bleaker end so in that regard like i was actually quite surprised by how it actually how it ended so yeah i i didn't find it particularly predictable in that regard okay uh so kim what do you rate predictability i'd give it a, a nine okay sarah like an 8.5 okay i'd say a 7.5 um and then emotional reaction any particular thoughts i didn't have a lot of an emotional reaction to this um yeah. i don't know if it was the way i was reading it but it just uh, nah. Yeah, I same like I didn't have any intense emotions while reading it. Uh just kind of like passively interested in what was going on. Um again, relieved when the ending turned came around and I was like, Oh, cool. Tarlington's still alive and we even have Clark in there too. That's that's cool. Um, but that was like the the peak of my emotion was that exact level that I just expressed. So Yeah. Okay. So and I was never really scary. Hmm? 
I was in a hotel room by myself and I was not scared. So no, it wasn't scary. But my anxiety from this, the the isolationism, the 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 cold, the the um the dark, um, it 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 increased my anxiety and caused me sleep issues for the week. Um, so yeah, I had an emotional reaction to it. Not, <laughs> not, not necessarily good or bad. Just it, it, it did what it was trying to write that, that those intense feelings, as far as being in those situations that for me came across, but again, it was yeah. my environment. Had I been home? No, it would never, it would, it would never have affected me that way, but where I was caused that. Okay, so then what was your rating for it, Kim? I'll give it a seven. Okay. Sarah? I guess six and a half, I think. Okay. Uh, give it a five. It was very neutral for me. <laughs> uh, And then readability. I thought it was very readable. Like I said, I, I struggled. Once I was listening to the audiobook, I had a little bit of an easier time. Um, but part of it is I also borrowed it from my library and had to read it on my phone. And so I just kept getting distracted with other phone things. Um, and at the beginning, I wasn't sure what characters to be invested in, which ones not to be in. It started out really hard on the historical fiction and not on the horror like I wanted it to. So like, it's just it waffled for me a little bit on the readability Sarah yeah um kind of with Amberly on that one I mean it's not a difficult book to really it's not like it uses really intense language or anything like that but uh it did kind of it was a slow starter because we did linger on like the war stuff and Jonathan's past um and then that kept coming up and kind of interrupting stuff that was going on uh i also had an issue where this book's title it i just all the white spaces it kept triggering a song in my head which does not use that as a line to be clear but it is similar enough that every time i reached for the book that song started playing in my head and I don't even know the whole song. So it was just like a little chunk of the song over and over again while I was reading. The entire time I was reading, I had this stupid song stuck in my head. <laughs> and in fact, just it's in my head right now because we're talking about this book. Um, so that kept distracting me too, if I'm being honest. And I, there were times I struggled to get really into what was happening because that fucking song wouldn't stop. Um, but that's more of a me thing and not a general readability <laughs> for other people, probably. So, yeah, it was relatively easy, but also there were some elements that made it hard for me. Okay, so what do you rate it? Are you talking to me or Kim? You were the last one talking. I, yeah, but when you say you and then you just kind of look into the camera, it seems like you're addressing both of us. And unclear uh readability i mean i would still give it like a seven and a half it's not okay really challenging. kim um 
We'll say seven. Seven. Okay. I give it a five again. It's just neutral. Style. So that's like the setting, right? <laughs> the setting falls in the style. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't really think I have anything else to say, honestly. I mean, I don't really either. I, I don't feel like it had like significant, like, like unique unique style. voice. Yeah. Like, I thought it had ambiance. It may not have been the ambiance you were looking for, but it had ambiance. So. I guess. I don't know. It Like, the style was okay to me. Like, it was just, it wasn't wasn't good bad just kind of indifferent um yeah it didn't leave much of an impression um it's like I'm, i don't crave to read another thing by this author so yeah and then there is also certain like level of like i don't know i know it's said it's kind of a historical fiction but the whole i love that we're starting our around the world with the british trying to explore places they shouldn't be <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, so I give style a, a six. Kim. We'll go with six. That works for me. Sarah. Well, I guess I have to do six because I really just want us to have six, six, six. Okay. Six, six, six it is. Hey, Satan. Yay. It learned my, my, my formulas. Good job, Excel. Okay. So, Sarah, you ended up giving this a 71.5, which means it is actually your best read so far. I guess I was just... See, that's the problem with when we have so many numbers. I just... Sometimes I'm super be honest. depending on my mood, and sometimes I'm super chill or just way more optimistic or whatever. And I can't... I struggle with consistency. This is embarrassing. <laughs> this was a fine book but it certainly wasn't my favorite of the ones that we've read using this method okay well I'm well angry. the numbers say otherwise and then the system is stupid and then cam gave it a 73.5 again that's the <laughs> highest number you've given anything i wouldn't disagree with that so okay uh and then I gave it a 57 even, and that puts it at precisely in the middle for me. Like, it is the middle number. What other books have we done this one on? I know the fourth wing and... The Sunbearer Trials. Oh. The Darkness Outside Us, and then Lucha of the Night Forest. So for me, it goes Sunbearer Trials, fourth wing, this book, and then... Lucha and then the darkness outside us. So like this is accurate to buy because that's how I'd rank them in in terms of what we've read with this system. Yeah, see, I would rank them darkness outside us first for me, and then I don't know this one potentially, and then Sunbearer Trials, or maybe Sunbearer Trials, and then this one. I'm not quite sure between those two. That's so I, definitely... I mean, uh, this one's the outlier, but you do have after that you have darkness outside us, the Sunbearer Trials fourth wing and then lucha is far down there it was just so nondescript and boring <laughs> i'm sorry lucha 
And then for Kim, it goes this one, Fourth Wing, Sunbearers, Darkness Outside Us, Ben Lucha. That would be dead on accurate. <laughs> so, Sarah, you're the only one who can't handle this system to make it accurately reflect the reality of how you feel. So you need it's to work just, on that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know what to do about it. So it's just going to continue to be all over the place. Well, that's on you, not the system. Uh, and then in terms of overall score, let me see here, 73.5 and then 57. So in total, this got 202. So it's not cumulatively the highest ranked book. It's the second highest ranked book. What's our highest the Sunbearer Trials. So oh, collectively, okay. we like the Sunbearer Trials better than this one, and then uh, Fourth Wing. So yeah. Uh, any other final thoughts? Again, I apologize. I have been all over the place for the last two hours because m my life, life is sheer chaos. Life got in the way. It happens all the time. Yeah. So any other thoughts? No? Okay. On that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Bookpile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also support us on bookshop.org. Our league is available via our social media. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.